All right, here we are. This is uh, the Art Professors Podcast, and I'm going to throw this intro on the beginning of the first 10 episodes because I've been publishing them as a video-only kind of podcast on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash video. That will be the primary source for the podcast, but now I've decided to take over one of my old podcasts called the MFA Chronicles Podcast. So if you dig in the archives before this episode, you'll see that there's other podcasts where I'm talking about MFA Chronicles. So I just decided to take over that that feed, and now it's called the Art Professors Podcast. And starting now, it's gonna be talking about what it means to be an art professor. I'm gonna have some interviews. The first 10 episodes were all solo casts where I'm just telling you my experience. Um, so I hope you enjoy it. I hope you'll engage with it and I hope you'll support the YouTube because this is the way it's going to work. I'm going to go every Friday. I'll publish on YouTube and then sometime that weekend, I'll get the audio only version up as well. So I don't know. Let me know where you found it from. I would love to hear from you. Are you listening to it? Is anybody out there? Jump. I, I'm, I can be found a lot of places. I probably won't promote the podcast much um, as far as the audio only version other than on the video version um but if you want to if you find it there and you and this works better for you please listen to it wherever it works better for you but i do hope i get your support on the youtube channel because that's what i'm trying to grow i want to grow the youtube channel to 100,000 subscribers so let's do it and interact with it go go subscribe to it go comment on the videos um find me on instagram find me on tiktok find me on all the places and interact with all the content and let me know what you are digging on um, if you want to add a comment to one of these podcasts and you want some more information about something reach out let's make it happen i'm easy to find all right i think that's it so let's listen to this so this same intro is going to be on the top of the next 10 episodes and then starting episode 11 it'll be no intro and it'll just be what i pull directly from the youtube video version of the podcast peace Welcome back. I'm the Zin. This is the Zin video. And this is the Art Professor's podcast where we talk about all things art professor related. I am currently teaching at Northwest Missouri State University. Last year I taught at San Diego State University, got my MFA at San Diego State University and got my BFA at the University of Washington. And so we're on this journey together, discovering what it means to be an art professor at the university level. This week's show, um, maybe is probably going to be short. I've been saying that every week and I end up rambling on long enough to fill it, but we are getting into that space where it's kind of like, okay, the newness is wearing off the kind of everything like that. Like it's just kind of routine. We're getting digging into the routine. So it's about like what else is going on. So today's show will be a big update show on what's been happening a little bit about, you know, again, checking in with, what it's like to teach something that did come up during my week i thought about it was why do you teach you know why why do you teach why do you do it so we'll talk about that but before we get into it a real reminder that this is a podcast even though i'm making it as a video when we get to i think when we get to episode 10 i think we're at episode 8 now when we get to episode 10 i will publish them as a audio only podcast and start that train but We've started to dig in, so we're gonna update. We're gonna talk about the plans for the podcast. We're gonna talk about what's going on. Hopefully update you. This is more of a, hopefully you're interested in my story as a person, not just as a professor, because we're gonna give you some more info. If you are interested in supporting this whole party, 
uh, make sure you a subscribe to the YouTube channel or going after it we want to get to 100,000 subscribers but we also want to um, we need some support um, we need to sell some work as I mentioned last week I listed all my artwork on my Etsy shop for $100 um, and so anything like the art you see behind me those that are watching um, I have Taylor Swift there which we'll talk about more in a second I have Billie Eilish back there and I've done a lot of other work um, it's all $100 I've removed so I did make available this artwork for prints, um, but you're really not saving much if you buy it as a print, so you might as well just buy the original. So I removed all the ability to sell them as prints. That's not what I want people to buy. I want people to buy the originals. I don't need them, I don't want them. So um, consider buying the originals. And those again, those that are watching in the background, I have my chart trying to reach $10,000 in the year's time, August to August. August 2023 to August 2024 in places other than my salary from school. I'm um, just to be straight now that I'm into it a month plus almost two months. I'm about to get paid again in um, a, a week, the 30th, about a little less than a week. Um, and it's just honestly, it's just not enough. It's straight up not enough to, to make life happen. So it really needs to um, I need to generate revenue and income somewhere other than the salary from school. So that's what I'm trying to do between selling my artwork, which is the priority, but freelance work, I've, I do video editing and other things. I'll do commission artwork if that comes up. Um, and then also YouTube watching these videos, or, you know, listening, watching these videos and then Patreon support links in the description to all the ways you can support. But, um, so my chart is on there and I finally added, I was able to add my YouTube for the month, I made $160 this month. So what the way I'm gonna do it is every $100, I'll put like um, a color. So you can't really see it in the video, but there's dark blue there. The blue is gonna lighten up because I have a different tape. Maybe I'll tape over those ones. And then a black will represent the YouTube. And then whenever it shows up as red, will represent the art sales, which hopefully you can make happen. So check out my Etsy store, buy a piece of artwork for $100. Depending really depends on what the piece is though, because there's a, a whole bunch of my artwork on my Etsy shop that are 100% donated to charity. I got um, some interest again. So I've done a lot of drawings for revolving around a human rights struggle in Iran. So I've a lot of, I have a lot of drawings of personalities from the human rights struggle in Iran and all those ones will be donated 100%. Originally it was gonna be Amnesty International, but I did get, um, somebody on one of my posts on TikTok started talking to me about, you know, Amnesty International can't give the money because of sanctions and different things. Like they've cut off that ability for a lot of places to get resources to Iran. And so that's what it sounds like. I haven't done a lot of research on it, but that's what I've been told. Um, but there is this company, this place doing, I forget what it's called, but they're trying to set up internet access for the people of Iran with the Starlink. Um, and so there's this, uh, you know, institution trying to do that. I, I don't have all the data in front of me. I didn't even know I was going to talk about this, but um, they, they, so that might be where I donate. But the problem with that is that's a Elon Musk connected thing. And I'm not a big fan of Elon Musk. I don't think he's doing good stuff for our society. So to give him money to support what Starlink is. From what I've heard, the story that I've heard is like they turned off Starlink for the people of Ukraine. You know, they were using Starlink for a lot of their ability to communicate. And so there's just a lot of weird stuff going on with Elon Musk and his narrative and what he's pushing out as, you know, 
as a representing us as a society and I don't like it. So it's really hard for me to want to give money to Starlink for that reason, but we'll see what, um, what we can come up with. So that's what the goals are. So hopefully you can support by buying some of the artwork, a hundred dollars. Um, pretty good. Anything, anything that's on there, hundred dollars. Um, we also, if you want to support, there's, um, I need a vacuum cleaner and I got a vacuum cleaner on my wish list, on my Amazon wish list. So check out, and speaking of things, it's really hard to know ethically what to support and stuff, but there we go. I'm using Amazon. Um, so, or you can just, I don't know, contact me directly if you want to support in some way and help me get a vacuum cleaner. I need a vacuum cleaner so I can vacuum my house. Um, all right. Thanks for that. Let me know if you have any other questions about that sort of stuff. Um, we are in, well, the next update, I'll update the Katanji Brown Jackson, um, what we're doing there. So I told you last week I was in the process of emailing and sending out, um, you know, I don't know, information to institutions that I'm hoping will purchase the entire remaining set of drawings. I've emailed, I emailed the Civil Rights Museum, the Civil and Human Rights. So the Civil Rights Museum is in in Tennessee, actually Memphis, Tennessee. Um, which okay, this is going to lead nicely into the next thing that I want to talk about. But um, the Lorraine Museum, or the, the Lorraine Museum, where Martin Luther King was assassinated, they made a museum, a civil rights museum, out of it. So I contacted them. They responded, said, "Okay, we'll look into it. It'll be a while, though." They said that I've emailed the Civil Rights Museum in Atlanta, um, Georgia. They haven't responded, as far as I know yet. Um, I've emailed the the National Museum of African American History and Culture. So we'll see if they have anything to say. Um, and then I also emailed the Rebel Museum in Washington D.C. And then I've e I've snail mailed um, information to the Whitney. So that's where I've sent, inf I feel like there's one more that I've done. I emailed the Guggenheim, Solomon R. Guggenheim Museum in New York. So those are the ones, I'll put that on my list as well, Guggenheim. Mm -hmm. But that one, I didn't, I didn't have a direct email to collections. It just, I just emailed all everything else because obviously a lot of these museums don't want you to be trying to contact them to you know, say, buy my stuff, you know, kind of idea. So we'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe something happens, but I wanted to follow up with this kind of concept of why I'm even doing it. Like it's, it's a long shot for sure. I understand that, but it's also like, you know, I'm a big football fan. And when the Seahawks won the, the Super Bowl, you know, the narrative I heard a lot was Russell Wilson would say this kind of idea. Why not us? You know, like his dad used to say, why not you, you know, you, you can be the one just as much as anybody else. So it's like, why not me? Why not? I think I feel like the the piece of artwork is worthy of it. The fact that it's gotten, you know, recognition by others, um, got some press, but also has, you know, that they are actually living in, you know, in the collection of Katanji Brown Jackson, whether they're still in her chambers or not. I don't know. I don't even know if they ever made it to her chambers, but she said they did. She said she was going to put it in a prominent place. Um, I would love to see him in person. Maybe I'll try to visit this summer and see if I can see them in person. But um, so that's the goal there. So if, I don't know if you know anybody that wants to purchase the entire rest of the set, there's 105 drawings left. Um, I might put them on my Etsy store, but 
I'm kind of waiting, but part of why I'm only sending to these particular museums um, is because they feel, I don't know where else to contact. Um, I feel like I want to give these set uh, uh, the first crack at it. And then if nothing comes of it in the next few months, then I'll probably start trying to reach out to other places as well. So we'll see what happens. But if you know anybody, <laughs> let them know what I'm trying to do, which leads me into <clears throat> my next, I need some support from you again. If you are willing to look into any resources that you might possibly know in Tennessee, I'm planning to go to Tennessee this summer. I'm going to try to set up an exhibition in some art space, in some space. It doesn't even have to be an art space. It just has to be a space that I can convert into an art space um, to do a similar exhibition that I did with the Katanji Brown Jackson series, but I'm going to do it on Justin Jones and Justin Pearson. <clears throat> I'm going to draw the amount of drawings that represent the amount of votes that were against them. They kicked them out of their their representation seat in their you know House of Representatives in Tennessee. So I'm going to do this perform basically very similar to how I did the Katanji Brown Jackson series, where I'm just going to there's going to be blank sheets of paper, and then I'm just going to live perform the drawings of them over a span of days. Um, I'll probably take a little bit longer. There's more, a lot more drawings this time. I haven't decided whether I'll do all the votes or just the votes that kick them out. So it's like 70, around 70 drawings each. Um, it's like 72 for Justin Jones and 70 or 69 for Pearson, or how many votes that were voted against them to remove them. Of course, now we know they're reappointed. So yeah, interesting thing going on in Tennessee. A lot of a lot of happening in Tennessee. It's kind of why the Taylor Swift picture is behind me because I just right now on TikTok, I you know, shared a post about and shared Taylor Swift, the drawing of Taylor Swift I did about how Taylor Swift's getting more involved in politics and she's from Tennessee. Um, lots, lots of energy in Tennessee for me. So my goal is to um, make it to Tennessee this summer. So if you have any connections in that area let me know and you know maybe we can make it happen i think if i start i've already started emailing all my music friends so i have a lot of music friends that are in the nashville area i've already started reaching out to them to ask them if they just have any thoughts about art spaces i'm going to start looking in i'm going to start doing google searches of art spaces in tennessee uh, artist residences um universities um all those spaces, all those types of spaces I'll be looking into throughout the, um, the universities will be interesting. But anyway, I'll still reach out to them and see what they have to say. Um, so that's where that is. So a little update on the Katanji Brown Jackson plus what I'm hoping to do with my own artwork. All right. Art professor. Well, I am an artist, so I am also an art professor. Um, as I said, teaching at Northwest Missouri State University this year. We'll see where we end up next year. But for now, I'm here. Um, <clears throat> the question, so we're in week, we finished week five and we're entering week six. Like I said, very much getting into the routine. I am feeling much more, I don't know, confident, I guess in a lot of ways, confident about what's going on. There's still like moments. I'm, I just like, what is going on? I'm like, what is going on? What am I doing? You know, I'm my worry. So every Thursday I grade my student, I like all the work that was turned in between Thursday and Thursday, I grade on that Thursday, update the grade books. And a lot of students are not turning things in on time and, or just not following directions, you know, to the T. So it's giving me opportunities to reduce their grades. I'm a, 
I'm a really hard, it's really hard to get a low grade in my classes right now uh, for a lot of reasons, but, but these things that I think that should be pretty simple to do are not getting done. So, Hey, if you're not going to do them, it makes it easier for me to have a spectrum of grades on my grade sheet rather than just everybody getting an A. Um, cause everybody could get an A really easily in my classes. Um, and then I'll just have to have that conversation. My answer to that conversation, I've been thinking, I've been preparing for it. If ever I get to a point where everybody in my class gets an A and somebody in administration comes up to me and says, why did everybody get an A? It's like, well, they all did what I required them to do, you know? And plus I am not, I'm, a, I'm available to my students. And I want, if I see a student struggling, I, tr I try to address it and I try to figure out what it is and try to give them opportunities to not struggle as much. Like, you know, I'm not going to just give them a zero on a grade. I'll be like, okay, you didn't do so well. You didn't turn it on time. If you do this for me, I'll give you some points. You know, I'm not going to just not talk to, I'm not going to be like, nope, you didn't do it right. I'm not going to ever bring it up again. I'm going to be like, okay, you didn't do this right but I don't want you to have a zero. So what can we do? I'll talk to all like, can you do this? Can we do whatever? So, you know, it's really difficult to get, uh, to fail my classes. Cause I follow up with my students. Um, basically the only way to fail my classes is, is by not showing up at all. That's the, really the only way and not turning anything in. But as long as you're trying and, and then there's a the spectrum, like I try really hard to thinking about what it is, um, Nick, reasons why so this leads into my next thing is why do i teach but understanding everybody has a story right every student has a struggle something going on in their life you know whatever it might be they're growing as humans they're trying to figure themselves out they have pressure from their families they have to work they have to whatever it might be maybe they they don't have good communication and relationships with people in their lives so it just affects everything. So they, they don't know who, you know, they just don't know who they are and how to navigate yet. And I, I fully understand that that can affect their ability to turn work in, to do different things. You know, sometimes I think in the past more so than now, you know, someone would interpret somebody's actions as just being lazy or just, you know, not caring, but there could be so much more involved. Like they're just stressed out for whatever reasons. And especially right now, living through the pandemic that we just did, like we are in a collective societal uh, PTSD moment in a lot of ways. We are still shell-shocked from what happened through the pandemic. And it continues, because we're not out of it. I mean, we're still like right to this day, people are having to leave class and stay out of class professors and students alike because they have COVID and they need to quarantine and those kind of things. So it's like, it's, it's, we're not out of this, this odd time in our society with a lot of things. Plus, so we have that, we also have, which I think is, you know, the income disparity of what's happening in our society, the what's happening with inflation, the, the cost of living is just, just messed up. It's just costing way too much to, to survive in our society, the cost of education is way too high. This like it's there's just so much um, struggle that's happening in our society. So it does play a factor in how students are able to be present, whether that means they're turning in their work or whether that means they're just gen or general overall attitude when they're just in the classroom. So I, I try to be as aware of those potential kind of ideas as possible, but I also do rely on the students to talk to me about it in some way 
at least tell me they're they're don't understand something they need a little more help like i say that multiple times i just you know thursday is my last class of the week and then the last class i was like i need you to tell me what you need i don't know what you need to know 100 so this is what i want you to do but if you come if you're confronted with an issue a problem i don't know what that is until you actually tell me until i see your work you know it's like i need a little bit of help in that way so i just was like straight up with my class i was like you got to tell me what you need me to support you with but as of right now this is what i want you to do and if it doesn't feel like i'm telling you how to do it clearly enough you got to come to me and say i need a little more support so um we'll do that which this weekend today after i record this podcast i have a lot of sort of that kind of work like re um doing video versions of my lectures in a sense um, and sending them out to the students so they can have a little bit more support to check back in with what my expectations are. <clears throat> so why do I teach? So as I said earlier, you know, it's starting to slow down a little bit with content. It like, I just don't know what I'm going to talk about each week. And I'm like, okay, there's not as much to talk about. There's not all this new stuff, you know, um, interesting like concepts so what i'm doing i'm starting to reach out to other people that i know that are art professors um, out in the world we have a couple i have one pretty scheduled already for october so i'll have early october we'll have somebody i'll be talking to which someone i've talked to before on my mfa chronicles podcast who's now also an art professor so kind of in the same position that i'm in new kind of new to this world in a way um and we'll get to talk to their perspective. I have another friend of mine who I went to undergrad with who got who what who did this process a lot earlier and they are now chair of their 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 not chair of their not committee is not the right word chair of their department in a sense um, at the university they teach at. So we'll get a get somebody. It'll be an interesting perspective because if somebody it's a peer of mine, but they're also I would say way ahead of me in terms of experience in what they're doing and stuff so it'll be a nice interesting um hopefully an interesting conversation to hear that perspective um, they've been somewhere for a long time that kind of idea but because it's like someone i know from like they're my age they're like somebody rather than just anybody with more experience i think it'll be an easier access point um because I know a lot of people, obviously, I, know, I could ask a lot of people that have been art professors that are currently art professors to talk, but I'm very, I'm, right now I'm being very, very um, specific about, and, and precious isn't the right word, but specific about who I want to talk to right now. As I grow and as I gain more experience myself, I'll probably open that up more to other people to come in. So this podcast will turn into sometimes an interview style podcast, and sometimes it'll just be me doing solo cast type of work. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens through the summer, um, but that's a long ways out. So why? So one of the questions I'll ask them and myself, and I'll start with myself today, is like, why do you teach? Like, why? Why an art professor? You know? And I'll answer that. I'll pretend somebody's asking me about that so why I teach I mean I have to state out first that the reason I teach as well or, or kind of part of the whole picture is I'm not in this to be a career educator you know I'm not in this to be a prof basically like I don't know that spectrum of 
how much of it is about teaching as an art professor, like that's the goal, or how much is it to be a working artist? And where is that overlay between the two ideas? I would say if the overlay would be such that it'd be like more working artists. And I happen to teach to a, teach what I know because it's enjoyable. But if I get caught in only teaching and not working, then that won't be sustainable for me. I have to be, I have to feel like the priority is the work and the secondary is the teaching. The priority is not the teaching. Although when I'm in the classroom, not to say that I'm not focused and 100% there and present, it's that I'm, or I just know like what I have to give to be able to be 100% focused and present when I'm in the, in the classroom setting, I need to be doing my own stuff. Like if I feel like I'm not able to nurture my own creative being and doing what basically what I want to be doing, um, it's not sustainable. And why I like teaching and like why I found it's and like why I like being a university professor. I mean, just the, I guess you could say optics alone is pretty awesome to be able to call yourself a professor. I mean, that is really cool. So, so that's like, okay, that feels like, you know, in our society that um, values materialism in a way and values kind of this external validation. Um, it's a great degree of external validation. Like I did the work, I did the education, I got the degree, I'm in the classroom, I'm getting hired by people. I seem to be doing well in those spaces and people are enjoying my, my presence there. So yeah, it feels good to um, have that as an identity, like to say that I am a professor of art is really, really, really cool. So I'll continue to try to um, be able to express that as I go along in my journey. I mean, who knows? There may be a point where I'm not able to because A, I don't get hired or whatever. There may be a point that it becomes difficult and it's like, okay, I guess I'm sort of not a professor now, <laughs> you know? Uh, but right now I am, I'm full-time and doing it up and trying to make it happen. Um, so that the other piece of it is, or one another piece of it is that I, I personally feel like I'm good at it. Like I'm good at being in the classroom I'm good at relating to the students. Like I'm not, I don't know. I I feel like the way that I've lived my life has helped me stay relevant in a way to understand what the students might be going through with their lives because there is a significant age gap. However, it feels like I'm not, it's not so, the age gap isn't, the social gap is not parallel, whatever, to the age gap. Like I could see a lot of people my same age um, just not understanding what people my students' age tend to be. Um, you know, this this particular college I'm at right now is very much like a straight out of high school four year program. There's not a lot of like returning students, as they say, and not a lot of older students. It's mostly, you know, very high. The percentage is much higher on just that four years straight out of high school. So you're looking from 18 to 23, 24 kind of vibe. That's kind of the age range you're looking at. And so the age gap between them and me is not as significant uh, or, or is less significant than the, than the social 
kind of like gap the that kind of idea where i feel like i understand the tech you know the what they're doing i keep you know i i use I use social media, not to say that I think I understand social media better than most of them, honestly. Um, I, you know, there's just what what is being presented in culture and society right now. I feel like I'm very much in tune with, even though there's that age gap. So that I think helps me relate to the students. So I can relate to them. I can I feel like I can understand them on their level, um, and um, and I feel and I like to. And I guess that's part of it. I like to, to, to understand them and want to understand. Them. So there's that. That's another piece. Another piece is um, I actually genuinely enjoy getting to know people and building community. And I think that's, as you've heard me say before, that should be the focus while you're in higher education should be about the community building versus about the knowledge. Um, and so, you know, I like to get to know people. I like to understand why people work the way they do. As I was talking about earlier, you know, if a student starts to look like they're struggling in some way, you know, I try to figure out why and what I can do to support them. And if there's something I feel like I can do, some advice I can give them to maybe help them break out of whatever that struggle is, um, I want to do that for them. Um, I very much like, I like to support people. And, I, you know, there's, I don't... You know, there's lots of opportunities to support people, but this environment is the, the environment that I like to support people in. Other than I can't do hospital work very well. You know, there's just a lot of environments that's harder for me to be in. But in this education environment, it's not hard for me to be in. And I like to support people. And I think I have a lot to offer because, of, again, because of that age and experience. Um, and if I could share that with my students, as I said before, um, I firmly believe if any of my students are only coming to, are in my class strictly for like the title of the class, then they're, then I don't have as much to offer them. But if a student is open to actually learning about themselves and about life and has questions and curiosity, and I think there's a lot I can offer them because I can go, I can talk to them way beyond just the subject of the classroom of the class, whatever that is. Um, and I like to, and it's enjoyable. That's what makes it fun. Like I wouldn't want to do, I mean, honestly, if I felt like I, if I felt like I was restricted to only ever talking about the subject of the class, I would just be like, yeah, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> We're going to do something else. I'd rather just, I don't know, figure something else out and make art. But, um, but because of the setting of the classroom, it's like, there's a lot of opportunity to just be human with another, the other, the students and, and kind of get to know them. And that. it has been a little more difficult in this environment overall i don't know there's one i guess i'm teaching a lot of classes so there's a pretty wide spectrum some classes it's been easier to feel more social and more like get to know them and some classes it's been very very hard to get to know this they've been very quiet they don't talk you know it's like and so i'm like let's go i want a little bit of noise i want a little bit of rowdiness i want a little bit of energy in here and like i'm trying to figure out how to do that i think i made a breakthrough last week with one of my classes in that way so um i'll just keep working on it um again it's and it's also hard like i definitely feel like by this time you know fifth week in when i taught at san diego state it was definitely a lot more energetic by this time there was a lot more back and forth energy 
and there's still a lot of like waiting to be told energy in um in my in this environment so yeah it's again the culture of way things work you know trying to understand it is all part of it um so that's another piece and i think uh, honestly one of the biggest <clears throat> pieces well there's two more i'm thinking of right now and i'll save the biggest what i kind of feel for myself is the biggest one to last but the next one is just feeling very very confident about the information in a way like you know i know i'm a great artist there's just no question about it i'm an it's just i have no hesitation in saying that i am an, an amazing a great artist there's just period it's just at this point it's just waiting just keep making work and waiting for the world to recognize it is really what really what i'm doing to just there's just no zero hesitation so because i have zero hesitation knowing that i'm a good artist a great artist that it makes it easy for me to share my knowledge you know it makes it easy it's it's not hard to if even if there's something i'm not i haven't experienced very much of it's not doesn't take me a long time to go from zero experience to feeling confident about talking about it because of all my other experience and it's just it's just kind of intuitive for me like all this stuff like understanding graphic design understanding art principles understanding all this stuff i may not have all the terminology down i don't remember names very well i don't i don't worry about that but in terms of actually putting ideas from our bodies into the world i can help any student do that and i can do it really well myself and so it's just a yeah it's just it's just the, the the subject matter is very intuitive for me so it makes it easy to be in the classroom and just go and i feel like i have enough solid enough of a foundation on all the principles that we're we're thinking about so yeah that's a big part of it like confidence like it feels good to be feel confident right so that's a big part of it the next and last piece of it that i can think of right now and maybe there'll be more down the line but for now it's the access to performance so just being able to like it really feels i love being the center of attention there's no question about it i do i am a high introvert i do i don't like to be th thrown into the center of attention if i'm not prepared to be the center of attention i hate it but when i'm prepared for to be the center of attention like when i'm performing when i'm playing music when i'm doing what i want to be doing like again that confidence level that understanding of ideas um and then yeah I, and i get to stand up and just kind of be a goofball and, and sort of entertain people and that's basically what i try to do in my classroom i my goal is to make my students smile i try to you know be a little goofy be a little funny hopefully try not to be too funny because whenever i try to be funny it never works out so i just try to be my th my, my authentic self and find ways to make the class enjoyable and hopefully get my students to smile a little bit every once in a while and just be up there sort of entertaining them and talking to them um i really really enjoy that like i really like that aspect of the teaching and it's probably my favorite part just to be say just to be like for in this school we have 150 minutes of each or not 160 plus 50 one hour 50 minutes is each class i'm teaching basically and so for an hour and 50 minutes, I get to just be a goofball and, and entertain the students um, and try to teach them something and try to create community. Um, and so that's that's really that's really why I enjoy it. You know, that's a, that's a big reason. So for now, that's my answer for now. We'll check back in on that as time goes on. And that'll be a question that I'll ask others 
you know, why do they teach? Like what brought them to the space? Like, and hopefully pull out as comprehensive of, of a, of an answer as possible. I mean, and I hope they're honest. Like if it truly is just to pay the bills, I hope they would be willing to say that. Like there's a large element to that for me. And I'll probably even lead that. It's like, why do you teach? And if it's just to pay the bills, that's a perfectly acceptable answer. Um, it is very, there's a very high, like I wouldn't probably teach. No, I'm trying to think. I think, I think my ideal scenario at this point is making enough off of my art that I don't have to teach full time. But I think I'd always like, it would be really nice to only have to teach one or two classes and not worry about needing to work full time because of insurance or just the salary and those things. Cause I would love, I love the idea of, I actually do. I love it. I mean, I love having the opportunity to perform for somebody, get paid for it, share these ideas, which I think makes humanity better, you know, getting people to think, getting young students to think about how the world works. And that's what we do as artists. I think that's way more important than, than, um, technical ability you know it's more it's more about reflecting on what's happening in the world and expressing that back out the technical ability will just come as you go like you'll just you have an idea you'll just pro you'll just figure it out as you go but what's more important is getting people to express themselves i'm getting more and more deep into that idea so we talked a couple weeks ago about foundation courses and i've been thinking more about it lately and really i think you know, you, you students want, you want to, I think I'm onto something with how I teach my foundations. Cause it's really not about the principles. It's really not about the, I, I, I just think, I don't think it's really about the principles of design. Even it's not about the, the technical aspects of art. I think the, the priority for foundation level art at this stage at 2023, the priority of foundation level art is getting artists to figure out what they believe in and express and figure out how to be expressive, figure out how to not be intimidated and not be shy about sharing their ideas and expression. And unfortunately, when you talk technically about ideas, not everybody's going to have the same level of technical ability to just straight up. And unfortunately, so many creative people get told they can't be an artist because they don't, they don't, they can't do technical stuff as well as somebody else. And so they get pushed aside. They get told they're not going to do this. And then they maybe stop when that's like the wrong approach. The right approach is to nurture everyone's individual um, expression and how that manifests is going to be different for everybody. Some people will have a very, very um, complete grasp on you know, the, the fundamental principle ideas of art making, and some people will never get it and just go crazy, but they'll, they'll get it over time. Especially if they get involved, they start having more conversations, they start researching more, they start putting pieces together. It can take a really long time, but like foundation level classes shouldn't be about how well you applied a principle. It should be how, how express, how, how engaged were you in the assignments? How expressive did you get? Whether or not you actually followed the rules to the T shouldn't be, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. That, this could probably be a, 
a point of contention so it means the assignments need to nurture that like if your assignments are specifically about a technical skill great then it's like where's the expression it's like makes it hard to make to nurture expression but if the assignments are like okay here is the principle how you interpret it is really up to you here are some ways you could interpret it do this or do that some people may lean more technical some people may lean more expressionistic but that's again that is allowing their individual voices to come to the surface anyways so that's what we're at thanks for listening i don't know we'll check back in next week every friday we drop another podcast the art professors podcast as we say we're at what i think we're on i think this is eight are we on eight i think we're on eight Oh, eight was last week. So we are on nine. This is nine. So next week will be 10 and then we'll start publishing to all the other podcast places as well. We'll make that happen next week. Cool. All right. Thanks again, my friends. And as always, be loving, kind, and patient. And if you can support, buy some art, subscribe to the channel, tell, you, tell people about it, and let me know in the comments what you want me to talk about. It would be really helpful to have more interaction so I can use your interaction as content for the show. Again, be loving, kind, and patient. Peace, my friends.